Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 173. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, let's give it up for our sponsor today, Squarespace the go-to drag-and-drop site platform that lets you build a personal or business website that looks professional. Head over to squarespace.com slash onfire to start a free trial and use the offer code onfire for a 10% discount. Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Scott Skinger. Scott, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, I am. <laughs> All right. Scott is the founder and CEO of TrainSignal, a tech company that creates online computer training products for IT professionals worldwide. TrainSignal was started in 2002 with a focus on creating high-quality training products that teach IT pros real-world skills. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Scott, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally. We want to get to know you. And then tell us about your business. Thanks for having me, first off. So I, I definitely appreciate it. Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, I started up TrainSignal about 10 years ago. Um, really, my background was in IT. I was an IT professional. Um, and one thing I found in common in, in teaching at a few different technical schools was these for-profit technical centers were really too much about for-profit, you know, and making revenues and not as much about, you know, helping out the student. So after being at, you know, these technical schools for two to three years, um, I started supplementing the curriculum with my own training materials, um, own philosophy, you know, using scenarios and stories and bringing in extra equipment and had a lot of success with the students. So what ended up happening, I took this great idea that was working well for me in the classroom and then translated that, brought it over to, you know, what I did for Train Signal. Um, so started off in 2002 and started creating um, really hands-on, detailed lab books and scenario-driven, uh, more practical video training for, for IT students. Um, so started off in 2002 and have grown throughout the years and have had a lot of success um, just by really focusing on quality. Um, you know, quality over co uh, quantity. We're definitely not a, a commodity type of company. Um, and have grown the company um, in revenues from, you know, obviously the first year starting from zero um, up through 2012. We just completed a year of $7 million in revenues, wow. and we have around uh, 50 employees right now. That's just exciting stuff, Scott. And I love when my guests talk about quality because that's the touchstone of Entrepreneur on Fire is my focus, my goal here is to always be producing the highest audio quality, the highest interview quality possible. And so I just love when my guests are just on that same mantra, that same mindset. I definitely commend you for that, from building it from zero to seven million in 10 years, 50 employees. That's incredible. We're definitely going to delve more into that later in the interview. But before we do, Scott, I know you're a listener of Entrepreneur on Fire, so you know the drill. We love starting with a success quote. It gets that motivational ball rolling, gets our listeners pumped up for the content. So take it away. All right, great. Um, I love this quote by Zig Ziglar. So I'm a big Zig Ziglar fan. Um, yeah. You know, rest in peace, Zig. He, uh, you know, passed away in December. But he, Zig's got a quote, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. 
And that I really, really love that quote. It was what Train Signal was all about when we started, and it really um, helps to serve our vision today. So we're all about helping out our customers, focusing on quality again, and then also employees. We're really, really culture driven at Train Signal, and that's something that uh, I can't, you know, I'll speak more to it, but you know, that's something I think is incredibly important is to just treat people right, um, and the revenues and that type of thing will take care of themselves. Absolutely. And I've mentioned this multiple times because it resonates so much with me. But back in January, I had MJ DeMarco of Millionaire Fastlane on the show. And his quote, his mantra is, if you want to make millions, you need to help millions. And I've always utilized that vision, that goal for Entrepreneur Fire. I just switch out the words help with inspire because my goal is to inspire millions. And Scott, obviously what you're doing is helping and inspiring and educating millions. And because of that, you're making millions. So it's just great to see someone like yourself putting these things into action, having such great success. And now let's just jump off the edge here because we can't all be fun and games. We can't have just complete fluff the whole time. We got to talk about failure. We have to talk about challenges and obstacles because it's not like you just woke up one day, decided to start Train Signal and had $7 million in revenue and 50 million employees the next day. You had to go through a journey. You had to fail. You had to learn. So take us back to a time when you did that, when you failed, when you came up against an obstacle that you had to really dig deep to overcome, and then share with us how you overcame that. Sure. No, I'd love to. So first off, I definitely, we've got a mantra around here that's uh, it's actually a Tony Robbins thing, but constant and never ending improvement. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, it's all about incremental improvement and getting better every single day and not trying to go to A, from A to Z in one day and just realizing that you can make small improvements. And when you look back over time, that's super, super important to the success of a company. And I bring that up because I think it kind of ties into what you're talking about, you know, with failure. And, you know, as a, we're a successful company now, but we still, you know, have failures obviously every day. And I think it's super important that, um, you know, startup entrepreneurs realize that, that it's not all success. And there's a lot of things that you're learning from failure. Um, obviously, there's a lot you can w- learn from success as well. So kind of getting more specific, you know, to that though, in, in 2002, you know, when I started off, I really just kind of jumped in, um, you know, heads first. Uh, I had no formal business plan in place. I had no financing. So I bootstrapped everything on my own. Um, at the time, I didn't even know what that term you know, even meant. Right. Um, and just kind of jumped in. Um, started creating training, rented off like a 10 by 10 you know, uh, square foot office space, um, and just started you know, going at it full throttle. Um, so I was funding myself with credit card debt. And everything that I did seemed to take three times longer than I expected and was three times more expensive. So what ended up happening really quickly um, was I ran myself into about $120,000 worth of credit card debt. And by the end of 2002, I had no more funds. So really before I had even launched, I had put myself in a position where by by not really planning out and not having at least some sort of basic business plan in place, um, I found myself in a situation where I had to put train signal on pause and actually go back to teaching again. So when I, the end of 2002, I actually um, was still working on train signal, but I, I started teaching again full time. So I was putting in long, real, real long days where I'd wake up at five in the morning, uh, you know, take a drive into the train station, take the train down into the city, walk a mile to get to the 
you know, get to the uh, school that I was teaching at, spend a full day there, come home, and then start working on train signal. Um, An entrepreneur on fire didn't exist then for you to listen to during this time. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> there really wasn't anything like it, you know, at the time. So it, it was, it was definitely a struggle. Um, at the same time, you know, I, uh, I had a new family, so I had a young son at that time who was three, and another son who was one. So my wife wasn't real happy with me either. You know, I was gone all day, and she was stuck home with young kids. So it was a huge, huge struggle. Um, but I think what really brought me through that was persistence. You know, I say this to people when they ask, you know, you know, how did you get through that time period? Um, definitely persistence and hard work. Um, I also think, you know, I, everybody talks about, you know, luck as an entrepreneur. I, I think I got a double share of luck, you know, and with just kind of how things ended up working out. Um, but I go back to the quality again. You know, I didn't realize it at the time, but, you know, looking back on it, um, it was all about that quality of product because every time I released a new product, people would come back and they would start buying more products from us again. And it seems so obvious now when you look at it and you go, oh yeah, of course you have a quality product. But I put so much heart and passion and effort into everything that I did that when I released some, when I released a new product, it was almost like customers felt like an obligation to buy from me again. They felt like, oh man, I want to support this, you know, this, uh, the startup company who's creating this <laughs> awesome training. That's cool. um, and it was really, you know, just kind of fed me and um, just helped out a lot early on. Wow. I love that story for so many reasons. And I mean, you just were being so vivid with your commute, that tough working and coming home and doing it all over again with kids to boot. I mean, this is the kind of inspirational journey that the listeners can really latch onto and say, you know what? There is a silver lining. If you have the passion, if you have the drive, if you just keep going, good things will happen. So thank you for sharing that, Scott. And let's kind of come back from the cliff a little bit and share the other end of the spectrum. And that's the aha moment. Obviously, a huge aha moment of sorts for you was, hey, if I release something of quality that people love, they're going to come back for more. And I love that. And that's why I try to do that every single day at Entrepreneur on Fire. So talk to us more about an aha moment, because that's a great one. If you want to expound upon that, you definitely can. But if you have another one at another time in your journey that really would just be a great story to relate to our listeners, I'd love to hear it too. Sure. To expound on another one, you know, just as a, as a start, you know, I started going down, you know, creating quality products is obviously something that's super important, but it goes beyond that. It's about, you know, really thinking about, you know, what you can do that's different, what you can do that's really going to help out, um, that's going above and beyond what somebody would normally expect. And, you, you know, Zappos is known for wow customer service. Um, I think it's super important that anytime you're looking, you know, whether it's creating a product or trying to do something for your customer, that you're not just doing the norm, that you're going above and beyond what people would expect. And it's not just, you know, we, we talk about good products here. And at TrainSignal, good products aren't good enough. You know, we're really looking for great products and we're always setting the bar higher. And that was, you know, again, that was really my number one aha moment at, at, at train signal. But to give you some other examples or, or another example, um, I think in 2004, 2005, you know, somewhere around that time frame, I wasn't a real sharp marketer. You know, I was a startup entrepreneur, I was kind of figuring stuff out. And, you know, all of a sudden I started working with this website out of Israel. I was doing, I was actually creating a course at the time and it was just Googling stuff for the course. I was doing research and I kept coming back to the site over and over and over again. Um, and it was like, wow, this is really a helpful site for this course that I'm doing research on. But at the same 
at the same moment, it kind of, it struck me, you know, it was kind of an aha moment at the time where it was like, wow, you know, if, if I reach out to this guy and form some sort of partnership, an affiliate revenue deal or, or you know, a revenue share, perhaps he would promote our products. I could give him a cut. Um, it ended up working out and, you know, I, I struck a deal with this guy and the, the website, you know, did phenomenal traffic and sent a lot of traffic to train signal. And at the time it, it drove our revenues up. I think we did, you know, under 500,000 the year before. And just with that, you know, extra, um, push from that site, it boosted our revenues all the way up to a million dollars, you know, for the year 2005. And that really stood out to me because, I reached out, I did something that was outside of my comfort zone and was willing to kind of do a, a joint venture, a business partnership with somebody that, you know, was above and beyond, you know, what was just part of the normal routine that, that we did at Train Signal. So, and that taught me a lesson to really always be looking for opportunity and not be afraid to reach out and look for, you know, opportunities to, you know, really expand and, and do new things with, you know, with marketing. So I've been loving this journey, Scott, for a number of reasons, because you talked to us about the launch of it back in 02, the growth of it, to where it sits now at $7 million revenue with 50 employees. You just share with us a great failure that an aha moment of reaching out and partnering up with somebody and how that brought you to a million dollars in sales. Before we move on to the next subject, talk to us about that next bump, because you obviously went from $1 million in sales in 2005 timeframe to where you are at $7 million now. What was that bump? We figured out that to get to a million dollars in sales, we could release products, and we were releasing great stuff, and people would buy our product. But at the time, um, I was still producing all the material myself. So I was, a, you know, my background, as I was talking about, was as, as an instructor. And I was really good at it. I loved it. But I realized to really expand out the business, you know, and this is kind of a great book, The E-Myth Revisited, yeah. you know, you, as a business owner, you can't be working in the business. And that's when I started working with independent contractors um, and full-time instructors. And I started bringing people in to help me create courseware and we greatly expanded out our reach. So we still stay focused within our, with our IT professional niche. And I think that's really important. We still, we're still focused in that niche today. But we also started expanding out to make sure that we were creating just a different variety of courses. So I think product expansion really attributed towards that. And another really interesting thing, too, is our pricing model. So I didn't talk about this much, but when I first started off, I think the very first product when we first started selling them on the website was $29.95. Um, and the way it was positioned, it was a, it was a book with a, with a CD in the back. At the time, it was you know, still CDs. DVDs weren't even out yet. Oh, yeah. So after a year or two, you know, I kind of, you know, realized, hey, this is kind of silly. You know, I, I put a lot of great material on the CD. Why don't I not position the CD as the, you know, the primary piece that people are buying? And the book would be the actual supplemental material. So I raised our prices from $29 to $49, still ridiculously cheap. We, we redesigned our website. I raised the prices to $79.95. We actually went through another model change and we, we put some more stuff in our courses um, but we ended up selling our top products at $397. So we essentially went from selling a product that was $2495 at one or $2995 at one point all the way up to selling it for $400 at another point. And our sales kept rising. The more we raised our price, the more sales we got, not just, not just in, in total dollars, but also in actual transactions. Um, and a lot of it is attributed to just kind of 
how you position your product, you know, making it more of a premium offering, making sure that we continue to create a great quality product and gave more value to the customers. Um, and, you know, our competition, classroom-based training, was still significantly more money than us. But by having our price too low in the beginning, it actually cost us sales because, you know, some people just looked at us and said, hey, that's too good to be true. The training must be terrible. So raising our prices was another thing that was really, I, I guess, part of an aha moment, but also really uh, substantially responsible for the bumps that we achieved to go from, you know, over five years going from about a million to seven million in revenues. That is great stuff because so often perception is reality. And if people are perceiving your value as cheap, then it's going to be cheap in their eyes, in their minds. So you obviously were producing a great quality. So those people that got it were blown away because they were getting 10, 20, 100 times value. But a lot of people were probably walking away from it before even getting into the content because they were saying, this is just too good to be true. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. So Scott, let's go off on a little side note just because I'm always interested in this when I'm talking with companies that have such interesting names. For instance, people always ask me about Entrepreneur on Fire and how I came up with the name Entrepreneur on Fire. And it's really simple. It's just... That's how I wanted people to feel after they listened to an interview. I wanted them to feel like they were an entrepreneur on fire, like they could take over the world, like they were just pumped, excited, ready to rock. Where did Trey Signal come from? Yeah, so interesting. A lot of people do ask that question. So originally, um, I was just looking for something that had training in the name. So I was, I was searching uh, domain names, train brain and train in the brain, stuff like that. And, and nothing was really available. It just didn't seem right. And I was literally taking the train downtown you know, when, I was, when I was teaching. Um, and I was on a metro train heading into the city of Chicago and just, was just like, you know, stopped at a station, looked out at a train signal and was like, you know what? I'm going to check that. I kind of like the ring of it. Train signal's interesting. Um, the domain name was available. And at the time, you know, keep taking into consideration where I was too. It was, you know, 2001, really prior, prior to before I got started. And it didn't seem like that big of a thing to me. I didn't look at it as, hey, I need to come up with the perfect name because 10 years from now, we're going to be a $7 million company and have a big brand. So it was kind of funny for a few years after we started having success, people would ask and I was almost embarrassed at the name. <laughs> <laughs> it, because it was like kind of so silly. There was no you know, huge meaning behind it. it until I started realizing, I go, hey, you know what? Where did Yahoo come from? Where did Amazon come from? Where did some of these other names come right. from? It's, it's all about something that resonates and you building a brand around it. And we've built a great brand around the name Train Signal now. And we, I still get the question, but very few people you know, kind of come back to it and go, well, that's kind of a silly name. Why would you, you know, why not name it something else? But I kind of like it, you know, in hindsight, because... A lot of our competitors um, have just kind of generic training names, you know, computer training, whatever it might be. And it doesn't really sit. Ours is different, differentiates ourselves, and we're, we've been able to establish that brand around it. And I think that's important. You don't have to have a name that directly ties into, you know, naming your product or your service. I love that. And I couldn't agree more. Some of the names originated from really funny circumstances. And for me, I was going through that same thing with you because it's not easy finding a domain that's not taken these days if you want a .com. And you definitely want a .com. So I was just listening to SportsCenter one day and Stuart Scott goes, he's on fire. And he said it <laughs> so excitedly. I'm like, wow, the word on fire, like people know what that means. Like he's hot. He's in the zone. And it just worked because obviously entrepreneurs are who I talk to. So that was my story. I loved yours. I wish we could dally on it more, but I really want to know the answer to this question, Scott. Have you had an I've made it moment? 
Yeah, I really think it goes back to 2005. You know, so that was a, a really great year, you know, for the company. Um, I, I was talking before about that business deal that we struck with the Israeli website. Um, but so before that, you know, I, I was working as an IT professional. You know, I was $120,000 in debt. I had never really made that much money. You know, I struggled with a lot of different odds and ends jobs, you know, out of college. And so in 2005, you know, I went from paying down my credit card debt the year before and was completely out of credit card debt to having a million dollars in revenues that year with two employees. And it was the year the, I'm a, I'm a big Chicago White Sox fan. So the Chicago White Sox won the World Series that year. <laughs> <laughs> we did a million dollar in revenues at, you know, really high profit margins. And then it was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. This is incredible. It was just so hard to believe that this was happening to me. And I felt really, really fortunate. And that was kind of a, you know, one of those I've made it moments. Um, you know, obviously not, you know, a multi-millionaire, billionaire type moment, but I'm a simple person. I've got simple, uh, simple needs. You know, I'm not a, I want to own a jet type of person. And for me, it felt really, really good to know that I was fulfilling the vision of what I wanted to do when I first set out, you know, and I was able to support my family. So that was, that was really the moment for me. Well, Scott, I'm a finance guy. And so when I hear a million dollars in revenue with two employees, high profit margins, I think that's phenomenal. And then I hear $7 million in revenue in 50 employees and I'm just wondering, are you able to keep those kind of profit margins? Yeah, it's a great question. So our profit margins have shrunk down over the years. Um, and we're actually kind of probably leading into, you know, one of the questions you're going to ask next, but we're in growth mode right now. So we're a $7 million company and, you know, our average revenue growth is anywhere from 20 to 30%, you know, year over year. Um, but we're, we, we just launched a new product. Um, I won't go into that too deep yet because I just want to kind of save that in case you want to you know, delve into that. But as far as the profit margins, we made the conscious choice to reinvest into R&D and to hire, to get more aggressive and to do just kind of the next phase and evolution of what I want to do as an entrepreneur. Um, it's kind of another aha moment, you know, just to even share with you. You know, a couple of years ago, I was thinking, well, you know, wow, what, what am I, what's my end game? What am I supposed to do, you know, with this business at this point? I could sell it and, you know, I could fulfill all of my financial goals that I really, you know, uh, that I have. But I, I kind of realized that that's not what I want. I love doing this. I love being an entrepreneur. I love, you know, just even if it's just being in the heat of the, the battle every day, getting emails <laughs> and dealing with problems and solving them and getting more problems. I would be bored out of my mind. I'm a, I'm a huge hiker and climber and I could do that for like two or three months, you know, out in Colorado or something. But, you know, then I would be bored after three months and I would, you know, want to start a business again. And I was, I realized all of a sudden it was like, hey, this is where I want to be at. I love doing it. But in order to really get, in, you know, enthused about this, we need to take it to the next level. So, and that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, we invested a lot of money back into the company and I haven't taken any profits out in the last two and a half years to make sure that we have enough money to fund our, you know, the, the next growth that we're going through right now. Well, absolutely, Scott. We are 100% going to talk about that. It's actually our next topic. But before we do, I just want to do another little side note because I'm just picturing you hiking in these Colorado mountains for a couple months 
And then all I can just picture is all of these great ideas that you're coming up with while you're hiking and just sprinting out of the mountains, just running to a computer so you can just start that next business. Yeah, there's no doubt. Someday, you know, that'll happen at some point. I, I you know, I don't know what my long-term, you know, future will be with Train Signal. I love what we're doing, but I'm also, um, change is good. So, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, I don't know what that time frame will be, but I definitely want to try something, you know, new and different at some point in my life. And I will take a sabbatical and spend time in the mountains and exactly as you're describing, I'm picturing that same thing. (laughs) (laughs) So Scott, we are going to move into your current business right now. I want to talk about one or two things that are really exciting you about Train Signal right now. Okay. So you know, I started talking about this before, but so two years ago, I kind of had that epiphany where it was like, I need to do something different. Um, and obviously, uh, everything is going into the cloud and everything is going online. And our our business, computer training for IT professionals, is kind of an old stodgy business. It's been, you know, it's uh, people are still going to, you know, classroom-based uh, training centers and such and yeah. paying a lot of money for, for a class. And we decided about three years ago that we needed to move our stuff online. We needed to not only move it online, but also offer it up in a subscription model. So what we've done, um, literally we just launched last week. So we, we did a soft launch as of last week. So our customers don't even know about this as of yet, except for the ones who have just showed up at our website. But we, we took our products and we had about 150 different products and each product sold for roughly $400. We put all of these into you know, a new platform and we're offering everything we have now for $49 a month or $468 a year. I saw that. Yeah. So there's a couple things that are interesting about this. Number one, you know, for, from our customer's perspective, it's a really awesome thing because they're used to paying, you know, whether it's, you know, we've offered DVDs for a long time, but, you know, $400 for an individual course, where some people would pay up to $5,000 for any course they might go take at a, at a classroom center. We're now putting all of our award-winning high-quality training in a platform for $49 a month for everything that we offer. And then everything, obviously, we're going to be offering over the next, you know, as long as you're subscribed. Um, so we're pouring a lot of time, effort, and energy not only into the content, but now also into the platform that we're developing. Um, and so it's kind of revolutionizing what IT training professionals are used to. Um, and, you know, a week into this, we're having phenomenal success. You know, our subscriber rate is much higher than we anticipated, um, getting a lot of great feedback. So, so that's one angle. We feel like we're doing some really great things for the customer and we're just getting started. You know, we got a lot of work to do on both the platform and the content. So lots of changes coming. The other angle that's kind of interesting from an entrepreneurial perspective, we took a huge risk. So, you know, we've had this, we've had this company that's, you know, done 7 million in revenue and the last year we did 6 million in revenue and such and have been profitable every year since 2003. And we basically shut down the product model we didn't. We went cold turkey into subscription. So a lot of companies would continue to offer product while they're offering a subscription at the same time. So they're not cannibalizing the product revenue. We knew that jumping into the subscription model that we would actually be taking a loss and we'd be hemorrhaging cash. You know, for you know potentially many many months. So we needed to make sure that we had bankrolled enough cash and we were willing to take this risk because you know we could conceivably lose two to three hundred thousand dollars a month you know, every month for several months. Um, so this is something that, you know, we talked about a lot and have agonized over and, you know, try to be really, really conservative with all of our financial models in planning for it. 
Um, but about two years ago, finally decided, you know, we have to do this. It's right for the customer. It's right for the long-term viability of the business. Um, yeah, and so, you know, worked really hard at developing and creating this platform over the last two years. We just launched, and so far, so good. But it's kind of an interesting business story. So just kind of putting it all on the line um, to, to shift business models. Boom. That is some exciting stuff, Scott. And I can relate that to when I was starting my business in Entrepreneur on Fire, I knew that I needed some Adobe products. I needed Adobe Audition. I needed Photoshop. I needed Premiere. I needed all of these things. And individually, these products cost five, six, seven hundred dollars each. And it was killing me to make these individual purchases. And then I just saw a little button that just said, buy the cloud, $52 a month, and you can have all 19 products updated all the time. And it was such a no-brainer for me to spend $52 a month to have access to all 19 Adobe products all time and to have the fully updated products whenever they update. And it's been that way since day one of Entrepreneur on Fire, and I love it. Yeah, it's really awesome. I didn't even realize they offered that, but that's, that's an awesome deal. Yeah, and it seems like it's really where you guys are taking train signal. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. That's that's what we're attempting to do. Um, so far, like I said, we've had great feedback and a lot of people even opting for annual subscriptions over just the month-to-month stuff. So to us, that was it's been a great sign. It's only a week's worth of data, so we're not getting too excited about it, but <laughs> just... You know, it's just a great sign that the value proposition is such that people are willing to, you know, go for the annual subscription at about four times the rate we had predicted. So that's that's great news for us. Let's take a minute now to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. Fire Nation, every budding entrepreneur needs a stellar website. Don't be intimidated. You don't need to be a pro at building those things. Squarespace has you covered with their drag and drop technology. Let Squarespace help you create the perfect site. Pick one of their gorgeous designs and add your own images, content, and anything you want to sell in an online store. Your site will automatically adapt to fit any device, and you can push everything out to your social media accounts as well. Your new Squarespace account will come with award-winning 24-7 support with cloud hosting and real-time analytics. Sign up for a year and get your domain for free. This is great news for bloggers, designers, professionals, and new business owners alike. Support Entrepreneur on Fire by going to squarespace.com slash on fire and start a free trial with no credit card required. When you do decide to buy, enter offer code on fire and get a 10% discount. That's squarespace.com slash on fire. Offer code on fire. Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. So Scott, let's hit the lightning round now. This is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you can back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Yep, I'm ready. All right. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I think I was caught up in the weeds of life, you know, early on. So when I got out of, when I got out of school, I actually left school early. I didn't graduate with a degree and I went back and finished later, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I was out there stuck, you know, where you start making money, you start having expenses and before you know it, you need a job. And I feel like, you know, I was busy six or seven years of my life just working odds and ends jobs, you know, to get by and just didn't take that initiative until finally I I found something I was truly, truly passionate about, which was IT and, you know, education. Stuck in the weeds of life. I love that. Yeah. What's the best business advice you've ever received? So I was talking to a 
financial planner, and he's kind of a pseudo-financial planner, so half financial planner and a half business strategic advisor. Just a really sharp guy and somebody that's really helped me out a lot over the years. And he told me that, you know what, you have to quit you know, this isn't a democracy. Business isn't democracy. You need to be a friendly dictator. And that was something that really resonated with me because I'm a naturally friendly guy and I tend to want to take people's feedback. And, you know, you hear all this information and advice about, you know, autonomy and getting feedback from everybody else. But as the CEO of a company, especially as we started to grow bigger, I found it super important to not give people as many choices. You know, yeah, there's a time and a place to get feedback from people. But at some point, as a CEO, you have to make decisions. And being a friendly dictator gets a lot more done than just being a, uh, you know, running a democratic process. Totally agreed. Because unfortunately, a lot of times people give advice just because they kind of feel like they have to be saying something. So they might as well give advice. And you really, as the CEO, as the founder, as the leader, need to lead. So Scott, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? So I've only used this product for about two months. Um, and I didn't talk about it. I won't go into it right now because I know we're kind of getting short on time. But I have another business, um, bluewellweb.com, which actually bought that Israeli website that I was talking about. Oh, wow. So... Um, but with that business, which has you know does about a million in revenues and has four employees, um, with that business, I use a product called Fifteen Five. You know, I don't know if that's been brought up by other entrepreneurs and it's a startup. It's only been around for I want to say six months. But Fifteen Five, and it's the number one five, and then spelled out F I V E, so fifteen, and then spelled out five dot com. What this does, um, the concept is. Each of your employees spends 15 minutes to answer these preset questions. And this is online software. And then after each of these people answers the question, I'm notified with an email. And I spend five minutes reviewing the answers to the questions. And it works wonderfully well because, you know, with this business, I don't have nearly as much time to spend with the employees. And I'm able to review their feedback. And, you know, the questions I ask are things like, you know, what are the two most important things you're going to complete next week? How did you do on the two most important things you're going to complete last week? Are there any big issues we need to talk about at this week's, you know, meeting? Um, what's your morale like? How are you feeling? Things like that. So we keep it simple and it keeps me so abreast as to what's going on and kind of the pulse of what's going on with these different employees. Um, and I love the way it works um, because, you know, it, I don't need to be involved in daily emails. Um, I'm better prepared for the meeting. You know, they, they actually submit this feedback on a Friday. And then for the meeting I have on Monday, I only spend an hour, hour and a half with them per week. Um, we're able to make some really, really key decisions on that Monday and, and move things forward. Love that. What's something that's working for you right now? Kind of on a personal note, you know, I'm, I'm doing this, uh, what I call hour of power. Yeah. Um, I want to say it's from a Tony Robbins thing as well. I love Tony Robbins. So every morning, um, I'm not necessarily a morning person. I love staying up. I love getting stuff done at night. You know, the wife and kids are sleeping. So I feel so productive, you know, <laughs> up until, uh, you know, who knows how late, but <laughs> It's not good for me the next day. So I've committed myself. So over the last two months, uh, I've been getting up at either five or six in the morning. It just depends on, you know, what my hour of power consists of that day and just exercising or doing some sort of other, you know, whether it's meditation or reading anything. So I'm getting, I'm spending some time for myself first thing in the morning before I do anything else. And it's honestly incredible. I love the feeling of working out first thing in the morning for an hour. It sounds painful. I know it sounds torturous, but you know, the advice is have your stuff ready to go, 
shorts, socks, whatever else. I go straight into the basement. I'm still, you know, half asleep. You just start doing it. You know, you don't make any excuses and within 10 minutes you're fine. And it feels so good to be done, you know, at either six or seven in the morning with just that exercise for the day. So I love that. Great stuff. If you could recommend a book for Fire Nation, what would it be? There's a couple that I always recommend, you know, uh, I'll give you one. If you want the second one, I can do that as well. But I love practical books. Um, I feel like there's enough theoretical stuff out there. It drives me nuts. And, you know, there's different theories that go, you know, almost contradict each other, you know, in books I'm reading all the time. So rock, uh, getting things done is one that I love by David Allen. So I'm kind of an organization priority freak. Um, and his book really, really resonated with me. I don't follow the uh, GTD as uh, lovers of getting things done call it. I don't, I don't follow the GTD system 100%, but there's a lot of elements that have stuck with me for you know two plus years now that I've been using it. And I found myself a lot more productive and getting more stuff done because of it. Um, the other book is Who by Jeffrey Smart. Um, and it's a book on hiring, something that I absolutely positively think that a new startup entrepreneur needs to get right. Hiring, you know, I do a lot of mentoring as well. And hiring is probably the number one issue um, that I would recommend that every new entrepreneur gets really good at. You know, you need to have quality people that are coming on board with you. And I made a lot of mistakes early on that, you know, just cost us time, cost us time and money. And we could have been, you know, who knows, could have been twice as big, you know, today if I had known this stuff you know, five to 10 years ago. Great stuff. So Scott, this next question is my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I think what I would do uh, in seven days, I would, I would turn the computer off. So I think I would avoid that because I tend to get distracted when uh, you know, I'm starting to look at that. It's a lot of pressure. I would spend <laughs> money. I would make sure I had you know, plenty of pens and paper. And I would spend a lot of time brainstorming out a, long vision, a long-term vision. So I think it's incredibly important to have long-term vision. And this is not something I would have said you know, when I first started the company, but looking back on it now, it's, it's proven to be so incredibly helpful over the last few years and then going forward. So I'd brain, brainstorm a long-term vision, you know, really for myself first, you know, goals, what I'm trying to accomplish, things I want to you know, be and things I don't want to do 10 years from now. Um, and then write up a 90-day action plan and just get started. You know, I think that's so incredibly important that you have a long-term vision, you know, far into the future out. You know what you want to be, whether it's five years from now or 10 years from now. You need to kind of pick that for yourself. But then you can kind of come back in, you know, step back into the present and then spend, you know, time on creating an action plan. Like you can't do things three years from now. You don't know how, you don't have any clue how things are going to be, you know, a year or two years out from now. So focus on the present again. With that future vision in mind, start working on the next 90 days and make sure that you have an excellent action plan in order to make, you know, your long-term vision, you know, become a reality. Scott, that was some great actionable advice. And you have given us some great actionable advice this entire interview that is going to be of such help to our listeners. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then share with us how we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Probably the one parting piece of guidance I mentioned earlier on, but constant and never-ending improvement is something that if you ask any of my employees here at TrainSignal, and it's represented by an acronym, CANI, C-A-N-I, 
is so incredibly important. And everybody here at, at Train Signal, you know, probably will roll their eyes if I even bring it up because they're so <laughs> used to hearing it. But it, it was the best feeling in the world when all of a sudden I will step into a meeting that I'm not part of, or I'll just kind of overhear somebody talking about canying something. I love it. And everybody has that mentality now. And it's, it's really incredibly important that you're making small improvements to your life every day, small improvements to your business every day, and not getting overwhelmed with big stuff. Because all those little small things are going to turn into big things over the course of time. And I think that's you know, one incredibly important thing that I try to you know, put into practice on a daily basis. Wow. Love that. And share with us how we can connect with you. For sure. So um, it's Scott. The last name is Skinger, S-K-I-N-G-E-R. And you can email me at Scott, S-C-O-T-T, at trainsignal.com. So I'm happy to help out anybody if you have any questions or interest in just any sort of you know, mentoring or advice. Uh, love helping people out. Love sharing information. So just let me know what I can do for you. Wow, what an offer. Well, Scott, everything that you've talked about, including your website, the book, resources is going to be linked up in the show notes page, entrepreneuronfire.com slash Scott Skinger. Thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, your experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. All right. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate the time as well. Fire Nation. My first book, Podcast Launch, is now live at Amazon. In this book, I share all and have created a step-by-step process for launching your podcast. The FIRE bonus is 15 video tutorials that I included with the purchase. You join me as I walk us step-by-step through each process visually, and by the end, you will be a podcasting pro. Pick up your copy at podcastlaunch.com. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.